So with that being said, let's jump into our subject for the night uh, and talk about what influences our reaction. What influences how you react to any situation, whether it's a good thing that happens to you or a bad thing that happens to you. What influences that? You know, I guess I've had a lot of time to reflect over the past couple weeks uh, about how I've reacted to this current situation that we're in, as well as how I've reacted to many other kinds of situations in the past. And uh, all sermons, I guess, come out of a kind of a self-reflection and give us the chance to point the finger at ourselves and then hopefully share some things uh, that will benefit you by what we've learned ourselves. You know, as I think back to, to how this all went down and, and how this all happened uh, in, in this current situation with COVID-19 uh, and think about how I reacted to it all, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed in myself. Uh, because when I really started learning more about this, uh, we were down in Houston. It's a livestock show. And we had operated on very little sleep for a couple days there. And we were preparing to show an animal the next day, my son was. And uh, we were getting that animal ready. And uh, we find out, you know, the show's not going to happen like we thought it was. We thought we had another day to get ready. We thought we had more time to prepare. And then all of a sudden we didn't. And then we find out a steer that he was going to show, we're not even going to get to show. And so my immediate reaction is selfish. I think, man, he's put in all this work. Man, we've spent all this money. Why, why are they doing this to us? What's going on? The mayor must not be within his rights to do this, to call this off. And I was disappointed. And I was frustrated. And I let that frustration show. And then as we learn more and more about this pandemic, uh, it makes sense what happened there. It makes sense that those things were canceled. It makes sense that those things were shut down. And my reaction seems very foolish now, looking back, uh, based on what I know now. But I have to think, why did I react that way? And then I begin to see people react in many, many different ways. I start to, to see these things show up. And there are lots of different things that we could talk about in terms of reaction. But I start to see a lot of blame go around. I hear people blame China. Like the Chinese people really wanted this to happen. Like they wanted this virus to spread all across the world. I hear people blame the government. Like they're not doing enough or maybe they're doing too much. I hear people blame a, a basketball tournament because people congregated there and came into contact with one another. I hear people blame a TV station because they didn't properly report uh, about the basketball tournament. and People came in contact with one another after the fact. A lot of blame goes around. Why? Why is people blame one another? Why does this blame go around? It's selfishness. And as we look down through that list of selfish kind of reactions, these are the things that manifest themselves in times of peril a lot of times. We see people hate. We see people get bitter. Watched a documentary the other night about a man and a wife. And the man had cheated on his wife. And she became bitter for some time. And then finally they said, why did you finally forgive your husband uh, for this great evil that he did to you? And she said, you know what? If it would have been me making the decision, I couldn't have forgiven him. But I made a promise to God when I became his child. And that promise was to let him take control. That promise was to let him say what he, him have his will in my heart. 
and him for me to follow him in all things. And so I let God make the decision to forgive. I'm impressed by that. And that really stuck with me. And so I think what causes us to have a selfish reaction and what causes us to have a godly reaction? Is it knowledge? You know, I said I learned more about the virus. That changed my reaction a little bit. Maybe knowledge has a little something to do with it. What about uh, circumstances? Somebody says, well, your circumstances affect how you react to any situation. Maybe uh, who, who it's affecting. Is it affecting you directly? Is it affecting your family? Is it affecting somebody close to you? The circumstances surrounding that. Maybe it's your emotions. Are you angry when you hear about something? Are you stressed when you hear about something? What, what emotional state you're in, maybe that affects. And maybe all those things are true to some extent. But you know what I think? I think it's your heart. I think it's your heart that affects your reaction the most. Your heart and what's in your heart and who's controlling your heart. That's what affects your reaction. That's what helps you react in a godly manner versus a selfish manner. It's your heart. Listen to what the Word says in Luke 6 and verse 45. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That says a ton. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. In times of peril, what is in your heart is just going to pour itself out. When everything's going according to plan and everything's working just like it should, maybe you can hide what's in your heart a little bit. And maybe you can give calculated reactions just a little bit. But in times of peril, in times of distress, in times of difficulty, your heart's just going to dump itself out. It's going to manifest itself. What's in your heart, the treasure of your heart, whether that's a good treasure or whether that's an evil treasure. So my question for you tonight is who's in control of your heart? Who's in control of your heart? Is it you? We like to be in control, don't we? We like to control the circumstances. We love it when a plan comes together. But when I'm in control of my heart, I'm just going to confess to you. I've already told you. I have selfish reactions. And I get disappointed in myself when I'm in control. But when I turn that control over to Jesus, when I turn that control over to God, I have a much different reaction. And I can be calm in a storm of anxiety because I've given that control to Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Romans 8 and 5 puts it like this. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Who's in control of your heart? Have you planted fleshly things in your heart? Have you allowed the flesh to take control? When you feed yourself, are you feeding yourself with fleshly things? Because then... When life throws you a curveball, and it's going to throw you a curveball, that flesh is going to pour itself out. And you're going to have a selfish reaction. And you're going to be disappointed in that reaction. But if you're feeding yourself with spiritual food, if you're filling your heart with spiritual things, and when life throws you that curveball, and when the fiery trial tries you, spiritualness is going to pour out. And you're going to have a godly reaction. And you're going to be pleased with that reaction. I'm going to go back to this chart. And I want to think about it again. In the context of thinking about who's in control of your heart. How have you reacted to this situation? 
How have you reacted to other situations? When you've had a family problem, how have you reacted? When you've had financial problems, how have you reacted? When something great and grand has happened to you, how have you reacted? Have you taken all that glory on yourself? Or have you given that glory to God? You see, we can react negatively in a good situation just as easily as we can react negatively in a bad situation. We sing a song. It's very simple. It's very short. It says, My heart, my mind, my body, my soul, I give to you, take control. I give my body a living sacrifice. Lord, take control. Take control. Are you going to give Jesus control? What does it even mean to give Jesus control? Zane left us with a powerful message the other evening. And if you haven't watched that video, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because the admonition that he gave us is the one constant, the one thing that doesn't change, the one thing we have that is assured is that Jesus Christ is the King. He's still the King. He's always been the King. But I've heard Ian Jones say many times this statement. Everybody wants a Savior, but not everybody wants a King. And so my question to you here tonight is, do you want a King? Sure, we want the blood of the Savior Jesus Christ. Sure, we want to be saved. Sure, we don't want to face the punishment that was due us. We want Him to take all that away. We want Him to wash all that sin away. But guess what? You get everything that comes with it. And that's the King too. And the king demands control. The king is not going to just let you sit back and do whatever you want to do and react however you want to react. The king wants to be in control of your life. 1 Corinthians 7 and 3, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. You're bought. You're paid for with a price. And it was a high price. It was the blood of the Savior. It was the blood of the Lamb. It was the suffering and the punishment that He took on that was due to you. That was the punishment you should have endured. That was the punishment I should have endured. He died in our place on our behalf. We're bought. We're paid for. Act like it. React like it. When it, life throws you a curveball, let Him make the decision. He's told you in His Word how to react, how to respond. Respond that way. Plant the seeds of spirituality in your heart. Fill up your heart with spiritual thinking and spiritual techniques so that when life throws you that curveball, you can react in a godly way. But how exactly do you do it? It's easy to say. It's easy to stand up here and preach a message. But how do you do it? I want to turn to a story in the Scriptures. And it's a short story, but I think it makes a great impact. In Daniel, the second chapter... We read about Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. And in this dream, it was a dream that troubled him greatly and he couldn't figure out what it meant. And he went to the wise men there and they couldn't figure out what it meant. And Nebuchadnezzar was so upset and so angry by that that he put out this decree. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. You don't talk about a curveball. These guys went from doing nothing wrong. These guys went from everything being just right and, and just wonderful to they're seeking their life. And they're going to kill them. And they came to the house to seek Daniel and his friends and they were going to kill them there. What would you do? How would you react? 
we're in Texas. We might pull out a gun and we might say, hey, buddy, not in my house, not on my porch. This is not going to happen. You better just take yourself back to the king and come with an army because it's not going to be that easy to take me. It's a selfish reaction, isn't it? Selfish reaction. He could have took off. The, flea, uh, the fight or flight might have taken over and he could have just said, see you boys, I'm going to hide. And you're not going to find me very easy. That's probably what I would have done, just took off. But what did he do? He reacted in a godly way. He didn't react selfishly. He reacted in a godly way. The first thing that I see as you read Daniel 2 there is that he relied on his faith and on his wisdom. The very next verse there says that Daniel uh, took wise counsel. He, he took wisdom. And he approached those folks that came in to him to slay him. These very people that were coming to kill him. And he said, hey guys, what's the hurry? What's the hurry? Let's take a little bit of time. And finally, because of that reaction, because of being wise in the way that he reacted, he got in front of the king. And he said to King Nebuchadnezzar, hey, just give me a little time and we'll figure this out. Just give me a little time. And you know what? The king gave him a little time. He bought just a little bit of time. You know what? When you're faced with a really difficult scenario, just breathe. Just give yourself a little time. Because that initial reaction will probably be a selfish reaction. But if you can give yourself just a minute, if you can breathe and you can compose yourself, then Jesus can take over. And He can take control. And that godly thought will flash before your mind and into your heart. And you'll be able to react in a godly manner. You'll be able to have compassion on people. Instead of blaming them for everything that's going wrong in your life, you'll be able to have compassion on them. Just give yourself a minute. Rely on your faith. Rely on the wisdom that God's provided you in the Word. That's what Daniel did. As you read on there, it says that he gathered his friends together. He got with some friends, some of his godly friends. And you may say, well, I can't gather with my friends right now. Well, I guess that's true. But we've been blessed with some technology that those folks didn't have. You pick up the phone and call them. You can send them a text message. You know, sometimes just the ease of sending a text message to your friend and saying, hey, I'm having a little bit of trouble here. Can you help me out? I'm having a little bit of trouble. Can you say a little prayer for me right now? Or maybe it's a matter of calling your friends and checking on them. Hey, do you need something right now? Can I help you? Do you have a spiritual need? Do you have a physical need? But he got with his friends. Do the same thing. Because it gives you just that length of time to put you in a spiritual mindset to get your heart right with God and then the godly reaction can come forth. The physical, or the, the uh, selfish reaction will not. They prayed. They prayed together. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. God's given us a great tool and that's to go to Him in prayer. And they prayed to God that He would help them in that time of prayer. And you know what He did? He helped them. He helped them. Now, the help may not always be exactly what we look like, but the help is there. We just got to see it. We just got to find it. God will provide us the help. And then they thanked God. It wasn't just about begging. It was about thanking Him, about giving Him the glory. Daniel didn't take that opportunity to gain selfish uh, a treasure, selfish gain. He gave the glory to God. He thanked God. He praised God. And that's what we should do as well. Those simple things, in a very short matter of time, allowed Daniel to react in a godly way and not in a selfish way. 
Romans 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's about sacrifice. You know, as I read about sacrifice in the Old Testament, those animals gave their life. They had to die to be a sacrifice. Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, He had to die. He had to give His life to be the sacrifice. But you and I don't have to die. We have to live. He says, I beseech you therefore that you would be a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That means giving up the control. Giving up the control to Jesus. Saying, I'm not in control of my heart. I would love to react in a hateful and bitter and selfish way. But I'm not going to do that because I'm bought with a price. Because I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm going to sacrifice that thought, that behavior, and I'm going to respond in turn with the godly behavior. I'm going to have compassion. I'm going to have love. I'm going to have forgiveness in my heart. I'm going to be calm in the face of the storm. And I'm going to rest assured that Jesus Christ will deliver me. If not in this life, then in the life to come. He'll deliver me. And we can keep heaven in our mind. We've got to sacrifice what we want to do. And that's how you get in the spiritual mindset. And that's how you serve Jesus. And that's how you react in a positive way. So I ask you this evening, take just a moment. Reflect on your life. Think about how you've reacted to the current situation and past situations that you've faced. When life threw you a curveball. When things didn't go according to plan. Has it been selfish or has it been godly? What can you learn from that and what can you do next time? As we move forward, take time each and every day to reflect on the knowledge and the wisdom that you've gained from God's Word and rely on your faith in order to have a godly reaction to any scenario that comes your way. Take time to talk to other Christians about your reaction, to ask them to help you, to offer your help and your assistance to them, to check on them and their spiritual needs. Pray and ask other Christians to pray with you and for you. Count your blessings and give God glory in all that you do and everything. Souls are still coming to the Lord. We've been blessed here in this congregation to have a soul come to the Lord just this week and to be buried in baptism with Him. People are still responding to the gospel of Christ, even in the current distress, maybe more so in the current distress. So take the opportunity. Count your blessings. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.